Hey, it's Jackie Almer, and welcome back to the Pilot Wife Podcast. Today is my regular mailbag series where I go through and answer your questions as best I can. Sometimes I have the answer, and sometimes I reach out to others. So today we're going to be covering hints and tips for food prep. Uh, we're going to cover a little bit about social media and expectations of the pilot when they're on trips how to handle a neighbor's travel complaints, bed bugs in hotel rooms, drinking on overnights, and loneliness and isolation. Stay tuned. Wheels up, we're airborne. Welcome to the Pilot Wife and Aviation Podcast. I'm Jackie Almer, an aviation professional and pilot wife for over 30 years, and I'm your co-captain. I have some free resources to help you live your best aviation and high achieving life at resources.pilotwipodcast.com. Buckle up, stow your bags, and let's unpack the high altitude life. All right. Welcome back to the show. And I appreciate you being here. This is episode 61. There's lots of resources that I have for you. Just go to pilotwifepodcast.com. All kinds of resources there to get you up to speed. If you're new or regular listener, perhaps you haven't checked in there. All right. So let's get right into it. Uh, just quickly to introduce myself, for those of you who don't know me, I'm Jackie Elmer. I've been a pilot wife for over 30 years. I started in aviation myself back in the day. Um, I always like to say, if you ever watched the TV show Wings? That was kind of me. I started in a regional airport uh, working for Air Midwest Airlines. I was one of those who did everything but fly the plane. I have um, checked people in, written tickets, taken reservations, flagged planes in, flagged planes out, onloaded and offloaded bags and freight. I have fueled airplanes. I've even washed a couple of windshields. I worked in crew scheduling, sales and marketing. I've been a flight attendant. I've worked in baggage claim or you know lost baggage. I've done a little bit of everything and it was a great career. My favorite was sales and marketing, which was ultimately what I worked myself up to. That was my goal. I like to say I partied for a living, traveling around the world, whining and dining, travel agents and corporate accounts to fly on our airline. Ultimately, we became American Eagle. We were the first Eagle purchased by AMR, um, American's parent company. And then ultimately my husband, uh, moved on to American Airlines with a small stint with America West back when American was not allowing flow through. Um, and we went through it all. We went through 9-11, furloughs, the lost decade, and truly a great, great uh, time in aviation. Lots of ups and downs, lots of turbulence, but it's a profession that's ripe with that. If you plan for it, however, you'll be fine. And that's part of my goal with the podcast is to help um, those of you, especially who are new to the profession or struggling still in the early days of rearing children and all of that to help you navigate the sometimes turbulent skies and ultimately set you up to enjoy it. So if you have any questions, you have a topic for the show, any comments, be sure to go to pilotwifepodcast.com. All right. So question number one, any hints or tips for food prep? And the question was more for long haul trips. Now, um, and then the other question was, are protein shakes okay as a meal replacement? 
So, well, let's get to question number one first, law, you know, prepping tips. I'm going to be the first to say my husband's not a big prepper. He carries muffins. He carries, uh, you know, protein bars and um, oatmeal and some cereal. And that's about it. He's never been the type, the type to carry a whole cooler pack or a heat pack or any of that type thing. So I do not have a lot of experience with that. There is a Facebook group that you can join that's strictly for that. A lot of great resources. And I will list that in the show notes. In the show notes, you can find that so that you can go and join that. Okay. um, Quickly, protein shakes is a meal replacement. Yes, for sure. On occasion, I wouldn't use that all the way through, like on a regular basis, but I don't think there's anything wrong with a protein shake for breakfast or perhaps lunch or whatever while on a trip. And over time, you want to definitely balance things out. So that's kind of my answer with that. And then of course, like anything, make sure that you are choosing a high quality protein shake. They're not all created equal. Some of them are filled with sugar and yucky things. So it really, I'm a, I'm a, uh, integrative nutrition coach. And I'm really all about the more holistic, the healthier foods. I like to teach my clients how to shop the perimeter of the grocery store and how to do that successfully, learn how to read labels and really set yourself up for nutritional success. As a longtime aviation person and married to a pilot wife, that was or married to a pilot. I am the pilot wife. That was very important, was always making sure that he uh, maintained optimal health to pass his flight physical. So you know all about that. So I'm all about really three primary things when it comes to prepping food for traveling. One is healthy fats, because that satiates you and stops the hunger pains, keeps the hangriness away. It also is great brain food so that it keeps your brain sharp and functioning. I like to focus on quality protein and fiber. So one of my superfoods that I always travel with are avocados. And if you go to the YouTube channel, you can actually see this or go to peakperformancehabits.com on the blog if you want to see any of these things that I'm showing in the video versus the audio recording. But avocados are fabulous. I always travel with my handy Yeti. The nice thing about it is the lid pops off. The avocado drops right in there along with other things that I can store in there. Helps me make my bulletproof coffee. I've talked about that before. Recipe is on my blog. I can seal it and then it stops the avocado from getting super squishy. Another thing I'm a big fan of. Oh, and I really feel like an avocado is superfood. It's got a good combination of healthy fat and fiber and really is great for brain food. Now, I'm also a fan of... um, the kind protein bars. Okay. Kind that brand of protein bars. Caveman is great too. If you can find those, they're a little more obscure, but I like to travel with that. I like to travel with things that are convenient and healthy. And there is a difference. All convenience foods are not healthy. I like to travel with almond butter packs. I like, I prefer Barney over the brand Justin. These are harder to find sometimes, but you'll just have to figure out what works for you. I always travel with MCT oil. Now, this is kind of funny. MCT is, um, I knew I should have written it down. MCT oil, you can Google it. It's a refined form of coconut oil. Again, it's brain food. It's got healthy fat in it. 
I put a teaspoon of this in my hot tea, in my bulletproof coffee, almost anything. And when you're feeling really hungry or hangry, it'll eliminate that, clear out your brain fog and get you focused for what you need to do. And for a pilot traveling or a flight attendant or anyone working in aviation, and certainly for those of us who are non-revving around on benefits and you know maybe being shortchanged meals as we're trying to get to connecting gates and reroute ourselves and our family, this can be a great thing. This is a little container that I got from Trader Joe's. It's actually a facial oil container if you're seeing this on the um, on the video, but I like it because it fits right in my. It's it's. It's, um, you know, less than it's, it's not even a full ounce. It's 0.35 fluid ounces. And it literally, I can squeeze it out and a, and a squeeze of it is about a teaspoon. So it's perfect. I can even throw it in my purse, and be on the go and deal with that. I also save other containers. So I will save containers. This is a Trader Joe's, a ricotta cheese container. I will make my seeds. If you've ever um, seen my seed recipe, again, again you can just Google Jackie Ulmer seeds or seed cycling, and you'll find my recipe. I always travel with this. I make it the night before. I will freeze it. I will throw it in my bag and all the ingredients are there, but it's healthy seeds like chia seeds, hemp, um, pumpkin seeds, flax. It's hormone balancing, but it's also satiating. Put a little bit of coconut milk in there. I freeze it with fruit and then I take it out. And then usually by the time I leave my house till I'm on a flight, it's about four hours. It's defrosted. It's perfect. And it actually keeps some of my other stuff cool. And when I'm done, boom, I just throw away the container and I love it. Um, I also travel with the, I save glass jars and I put my nuts in them. I've only got one lonely nut in there, but I'll put nuts in them or anything. Muffins will go in this. And again, I can toss this when I get to where I need to go. Um, but it helps keep everything from getting crushed. I always travel with um, electrolytes. So this is the LMNT brand. I also use Jigsaw. There's a bunch of different ones that I travel with. So nuts. I also travel with olives. I'll put them in a little plastic container and stick them in, in here. Um, and sometimes I'll put the little plastic bag and stick it on top of this when it's frozen. But I can stick it in here and it stays perfect until I'm ready to eat it. But olives are another thing that have great fiber. They have healthy fats. They travel extremely well. And again, boom, I just throw the container away. So avocados, nuts, olives. I have a paleo muffin recipe. Message me, Jackie at pilotwifepodcast.com for that recipe. It might be on my blog. I'm trying to remember. I think it's on there, but I'm not totally positive. Um, the almond butter packs, MCT oil to put in my coffee or tea or even water just to satiate me. So those are just a few of the tips that I have for food prepping. Again, I'll have that Facebook group in the show notes. There's a lot more that you can do with full on meals. I just don't have a lot of experience with that. I have made meals like um, I'll make a Mediterranean um, quinoa salad with quinoa and perhaps turkey or chicken, cut up olives, roasted red peppers, a little bit of balsamic. And again, I will often freeze that in one of these disposable containers, throw it in with me, and then about four hours or even six hours, it will keep. And then I eat it and boom, I just throw away the container. So Message me, Jackie at Pilot Wife Podcast, if you have any other questions on what I've done 
for years to travel around the globe with food, always being prepared as a non-rev. And so this certainly, it's actually easier for a pilot or a crew member because they have, they can go through, um, you know, KCM known crew member line. They can do a lot more than I can as a traveling passenger. Okay, next question, social media on trips. Now, the question really was, how do you handle watching your pilot posting all this stuff on social media about how great their trips are when you're at home with the kids? That was basically the extent of it. And really, it starts with good communication. I always say sometimes they're on the beach and sometimes they're in Buffalo, New York or Des Moines, Iowa. And I only pick on those two cities, not that there's anything wrong with either one of those cities. I choose those two cities because... They're not super glamorous. Buffalo gets a ton of snow. So in the winter, it's freezing. They're not super glamorous. So I keep in, it's important to keep in mind that unless they're flying a wide body or different things like that, they're going to those type of locations. For most crew members, they're going to all different types of destinations. They're tired, they're hangry, and you're not going to get so much of this. It's not like most of them are out socializing or doing all of that. But that, again, is where good communication is so very important. Talk about your own expectations, talk about boundaries, and just talk about your feelings around what you see. But have a good communication session with your partner. Now, here's the thing. You can set an expectation and you can set a boundary, but you don't control whether or not that's going to be, quote unquote, honored, if that makes any sense. That's totally up to them. That's totally up for you to to um seek out. Now, I will tell you, my husband is not at all about social media. He never posts on social media. I didn't have to deal with that a lot. Um, I don't have to deal with that a lot. He just does not post on a regular, almost at all. But everybody's spouse is different. Everybody's situation is different. So again, that's where it's just important that you have good conversations and you start it with iMessages, basically saying, I have something that's troubling me a little bit, and I'd like to have a conversation with you. Make sure when you sit down to have that conversation, you don't approach it from a, you're doing this and I need you to do this and all of that. Just state how it makes you feel. Don't be super emotional. Don't be hysterical. Just have a conversation and say why you feel that way. And and then listen, be a good listener because that's what um, creates that situation often where you can find a good middle ground and some compromise. One of the best quotes I ever heard is that nobody ever breaks our heart, they break our expectations. So it's important for you to get very clear on what your expectations are, understanding that things aren't always, you you might get your expectations broken and you might not as well. All right, next question. How do you handle neighbors who constantly complain about your airline? Well, first of all, I'm gonna tell you, I have learned to avoid airline conversations across the board because I don't care which airline you're with at some point your airline's going to be the brunt of some negative social media and some negative news something's going to happen and they're going to be all over the news and you're going to be stuck dealing with it people might ask you questions hopefully people won't it's not like you control any of that but I ran into that years ago gosh I'm trying to think well over 30 years ago it was funny we lived in a cul-de-sac And a gate agent for American Airlines lived in the cul-de-sac too. And she and I were really good friends, but we had one neighbor who flew our airline all the time and she did nothing 
but repeatedly complain. Every time we would have a block party, she chose as that as an opportunity to literally berate myself because I had worked for them. I wasn't any longer employed by them at the time. My husband is the pilot, my neighbor as the gate agent, and her husband, who worked for America West, but was married to her. And she just was incessant. And it was so funny. I learned just to let it roll off my back. This was before social media. But the funny thing is I had, I just learned not to engage in conversation with her. I would just listen and say, I'm so sorry that happened to you. Did you fill out a customer service complaint? What am I, you know, what else am I going to tell her? I don't get to fix it. I don't control it. I had nothing to do with it. And she just really, in my opinion, that's all it is, my opinion, that was more about her than anything else. She had a self-esteem issue. She had a lot of different things where it made her feel like a big shot to basically try to put the four of us down in front of the rest of the neighborhood. Over time, all the rest of the neighbors figured it out. They would take us aside and say, you know, I'm really sorry that she did that or said that or whatever. That was really inappropriate. And I would just say thank you. And again, let it roll off my back. So you have to decide for yourself. But it's kind of one of those things that I've learned. I'll never win in that situation. And so I just let it go. The next question, bed bugs in hotel rooms. All right. This is gross. I know. And it's not a super common issue, but it does happen. So first and foremost, and I know that most of the, um, you know, the departments, the, the flight departments where somebody's in charge of that, they pay attention to that. So if you've run into a situation, make sure you're letting the flight departments know the ones who handle hotel rooms and all of that so that they can get it dealt with. You can always check with the flight office. Now today with social media, you can post out there and ask. I would only do this in private Facebook groups. You don't want to you know, create a big stink out on social media, accusing a hotel or a specific property of something where you, you know, it's kind of libelous or whatever, potentially, but you might just ask, has anybody experienced anything with this hotel? What's the feedback been? Um, my own experience with that is it's kind of funny. While I was pregnant with my daughter, I ended up having an issue on my arm. I grew like this lump on my arm, basically on my bicep. And it, it just started growing and growing. Like it, it, it wasn't hideous, but it did kind of look like there was a tumor growing under my skin. And I ended up going to my dermatologist who knew me and he knew my husband. And it was funny because he said, Mark's still a pilot, right? And I was like, yeah. And he was like, you know, bed, bu bed bugs happen sometimes for crews that, you know, whatever. And I was just totally freaked out. Well, as it turns out, as embarrassing as this sounds, it was literally an infected fat cell. <laughs> Not that I was fat, but um, that's all it was. And something about the pregnancy had made it worse and made it grow, but it was so funny. And that was the first time that I had become aware of quote unquote bed bugs in hotel rooms. Now my daughter is 27. So that was a while ago when all this happened, but that was my own experience. And then it did kind of freak me out for a while. I almost wanted to make him shower and, you know, which, Honestly, he almost always did. Unless he got home really late at night, he always showered before he got in bed, but it kind of freaked me out for a while. All right, next question, drinking on overnights. Is it okay if my husband drinks on overnights was the question. Well, first of all, there are rules and regulations. I'm not here to be anybody's regulator, um, AA counselor, or 
mother. There are rules and regulations. Know what those are. I'm assuming your pilot knows what they are. And I'm assuming that that person is staying within the boundaries. Beyond that, it's a personal choice. And I know pilots who go in all different areas. I certainly know those who have pushed the limits. I know some who don't drink at all on overnights. It's just their personal philosophy that there's no reason to. Um, And I know some who do imbibe. They go have a beer with dinner or a glass of wine or whatever it is, whatever it is. So again, that's where it's important for you to determine what is it about that that triggers you? Why does it matter to you? And have that conversation, have that good communication. What's your expectation of that? What are the boundaries that you have? Is it not one-on-one with a member of the opposite sex. That's what typically comes up in the Facebook groups and in the discussion groups. And I understand that, um, you know, it's, it's a tough call and it's, I understand that too, but it's kind of one of those things. If you were home, would you go out with just your neighbor, a member of the opposite sex and go to happy hour? I don't know. Everybody has different expectations, different boundaries and different things that they have set up in their relationship. So it's important that you understand what that is for you. And then a question is, what is going on for you or within that relationship that makes it different if they drink at home versus they drink on a trip? I am all about mindset, managing your mind, managing your thoughts, becoming very aware of those thoughts, the triggering emotions and feelings that it gives you, and then determining where does this come from? Is this something from my past? something that I'm projecting into the future, and is it really relevant? And then the final question, how do you handle loneliness and isolation? Well, everybody's different. I'm an introverted extrovert, if that makes any sense. I am a social person and a party starter. If you've listened to any of my podcasts on handling the holidays, I was the one that organized everything in my neighborhood, and pretty soon our entire cul-de-sac got involved. We had huge parties on Christmas Day, big potlucks with jumping castles and all kinds of stuff. I was the one who organized it. When I left that neighborhood, the parties ended. And I don't say that to pat myself on the back. I say that with the understanding some people are really good at organizing and starting that stuff, and some people are not. For me, it was important to have a social outlet. It was important for my children to have that as well. And so I became the party starter. So I just didn't allow myself to become lonely. I didn't allow myself to be isolated. Now, when I say I'm an introverted extrovert, I can only go so far. I I regain my energy and refuel my tanks by being alone in my own level of isolation. But then I am very social and don't have any problem inserting myself into social situations. FaceTime has changed everything. So the ability to be on video call with your significant other, texting, just little short messages to keep in touch. And if your partner isn't texting you like you would like for them to, you be the one to start that. You be the one that makes sure a couple times a day you're reaching out with a warm, sentimental text, letting them know you're thinking of them. And very often, as I like to coach Uh, my clients who I work with in the relationship aspect, you don't need anyone else to change for you to be happy. You have to change yourself first. And most often what you will find is your partner begins to change too. You find the happiness, you find the confidence, you find the satisfaction within yourself, and you will begin to see that reflected back to you. Develop friend groups, 
Um, that's important. I shared earlier, I just recently got back from Cancun with 65 other American Airlines pilot wives. We had a fabulous time. I only knew 12 people when I went down there. Some people knew no one. Ultimately, you have to decide what's most important to you. I feel like friend groups are so very important. Find the friend groups for your particular line in aviation, whether it's military, whether it's particular airline, whether it's corporate, um, build those friendships of people who can understand you, but also reach out in your community. I, when I moved back to Arizona, I got really big in the Scottsdale area, finding local people to go and do stuff with. Um, and that has been so satisfying. None of them are, well, no, none of them are in aviation, but that's okay because it gives me people to do stuff with. Um, because ultimately your partner can't fill every need that you have, just like you can't for them, especially as women, we talk a lot. We like to communicate in a totally different way. So I feel like it's so important to build relationships outside of that so that you're less likely to be lonely, less likely to feel isolated. And then of course, just simply communicate that those times when you're feeling that way, why you're feeling that way and really learn to manage your thoughts. All right. That's what I have today. Thanks so much for listening. Please go to pilotwifepodcast.com. If you have a question for the show that you want to be answered in the next upcoming mailbag Q&A, submit it there. You'll see the link. Um, please rate and review the show. That's how other people find us. The links are in the show notes. And pass the, this podcast along to others in aviation who might benefit as well. I appreciate you. Have an amazing day. Do you ever find yourself on the struggle bus with relationships, career, or life in general? I'm a mindset and peak performance coach, helping women rediscover their own sense of identity and purpose, avoid turbulence, and put their own oxygen mask on first. Together, we work to get you out of autopilot and create a better flight plan for life and relationship success. As a pilot wife for over 30 years, I've navigated thousands of miles and moments in aviation, mommyhood, business, and life in general. I would love to offer you a free call to see if I might be able to help you too. You can go to coach.pilotwifepodcast.com. And if you have a topic suggestion or a story to share on the show, go to ask.pilotwifepodcast.com. And of course, you'll find all of this at resources.pilotwifepodcast.com. Please take a moment to review and rate the show on whatever your favorite podcast app is. This helps the show get found by others who need what we have here. And you might win some fun swag for your troubles. I'll see you on the journey. And thanks for listening. <laughs>